The Tie and Hoodie Show is sponsored by ICCLending.com. For real estate service, please go to ICCLending.com. Three, two, one. Every human came to earth with a gift. And they must discover that gift and refine that gift for them to be fulfilled. The prerequisite for spending time with any person is that they nourish and inspire you. They feed your flame. Yo, hey man, how you work this radio? You're not listening to the Ty and Hoodie Show. Keep it locked. Owning a home and paying it off is one of the data points of an everyday millionaire. Home sales across the U.S. are on the rise as buyers take advantage of record low mortgage rates. Good morning, morning, morning. Now let's get back to the Ty and Hoodie Show. <laughs> Good morning, good morning. Hey, I'm always happy to be here. It's the Tie and Hoodie Show right here on 93.5 K-Day. Well, I'm your host, Trevon Smith, also known as Trey, with my host, Andrew Jessicoba, president of ICC Lending and author of Credit Repair Simplified, uh, which is one of my favorite books we'll be talking about periodically throughout shows. Uh, this show is all about testimonies, positivity. Uh, you know, we're trying to brighten up your week the start of the week uh, we know some people might be getting off work some people might be going to work some people might be sitting on the porch with the grandkids having coffee tea this is for you this is all about what we're trying to do is help change your mind frame you know help out with your goals as i'm trying to learn myself andrew how are you doing this morning i'm doing great man it's it's 6 30 6 30 in the it's morning early, early it's early we love getting out here early you know we love waking people up and interjecting them with positivity and, you know, even though it's Sunday, you know, if you get well prepared on a Sunday morning, uh, your Monday is most likely going to be really productive, generally, it, right? It has to be. And I, and I, and I have a, a superstition. I go to bed early on Sunday nights. I don't know why. I go to bed early on Sunday <laughs> okay. nights because it makes me feel like I'm going to have a good week. Yeah, I mean... Some that's just my, that's my preference. So it, it's always, you know, for, for most people, it's hard to get up on Monday morning, but, you know, that, not, not, look, not, that we don't have a problem with that. No, nah, I'm waking up on Monday with, uh, with goals in mind. Uh, listen, a lot of people hit us up recently. They said... Hey, I, I caught the tail end of the show. If you miss this show and you catch the tail end, and I'll be repeating it periodically throughout the show, you can go to tieinhoodieshow.com for all our past shows. Make sure you subscribe so you can be involved in prizes, giveaways, and upcoming events. Like I said, we always have great guests. I appreciate them for calling in. I always want to show some love. Today's guest. Today's guest is, yeah, a, is, 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 a, is an awesome gentleman all the way from Texas, right? Austin, Texas. And uh, th- this gentleman right here, he's been a client in the past, but I've gotten to know him. I've gotten to know his story a little bit. And I just feel like he's going to bless our, our listeners today. Um, his name is Kobla Tete. Mr. Tete, welcome to our show. What is going on, gentlemen? How are you doing today? I hear you getting everybody up and ready early in the morning. I'm about it. I do want to tell you one thing. I do have a hoodie on currently <laughs> right now as we speak. Hey. So let you know that the tie and hoodie game is, is where it needs to be. Uh, uh, and my hoodie, I'm going to let you know what it says, too. My hoodie says Roots. Roots. And I'm going to tell you briefly why I got this. It says Roots. And the reason why I got this hoodie is because when I went to, when I was a little kid, I went to a, a school called Roots Activity Learning Center. My parents put me in, in a school called Roots in D.C. And Roots was about 
uh, Afrocentric learning and making sure we knew what our core was and where we came from. And that was the basis of the learning. So, of course, when I saw this hoodie saying Ruth, I was like, I got to get that. So I got my hoodie on and I'm ready. Well, you know, we would love you to take a picture of that, of you and that hoodie, send it to us so we can post it on our website and our social media so people can, <laughs> can really enjoy that. But on, on, a, on a jealous note, though, I, I'm jealous because you're not wearing a tie, you know? Hey, because, so, hey, and, 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 <laughs> Mr. Kovler, Andrew always gets mad because, hey, everybody always sides with me. It's the hoodie, uh, the hoodie crew, the hoodie crew over here. You know, here. The, the hoodie crew over there. I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, you know, I'm here with my tie and, and you're telling me you're wearing a hoodie. I, I, I thought you was a corporate guy, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, well, you know, this is how we're going to compromise this. I'm going to buy a hoodie that's got a tie oh, logo on okay. the front of it. Oh, Good okay, like that. that sounds good. That sounds good. So, 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 just you know, you, you know, you were just talking about wearing a hoodie that has roots on it. So you you're giving us a little preview of your background, and and you know, mm-hmm. we understand that you know. Just tell us a little. Just take a minute here to tell us you know your your history real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm literally African American. My dad is from Ghana. My mom is from DC. I was born in DC. Uh, born and raised there, went to high school in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and from Florida went back to D.C. for school. And then after I left, uh, went to D.C. for school, went to Orlando to go to school again, moved to Miami, worked in Miami, moved to Atlanta, lived in Atlanta, then moved to Dallas, and then moved to Austin. So I've been around. I've been in major cities uh, my whole life. So that's a little backstory on, on where I came from. I take a lot of pride in being from D.C., chocolate city, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just love the the balance, the intelligence of the people there, what you can get, what you can learn, you know, the diversity, and just um, it's just a wealth of information. So that's a little short backdrop about me. So, so, so where did you go to college, and what did you graduate in? Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I went to University of Maryland, and I went to Bowie State. I graduated with a degree in communications and media management, and then I always enjoyed music. I was about music. So after that, I went to school for audio engineering, uh, that's why I went to Orlando, went to school for audio engineering. And then the reason why I was in Miami is because I was working in a recording studio, a major recording studio for almost two years. So I was fortunate in that to work with, uh, you know, all the superstars you can name and, uh, had that experience. And then I moved to, to Atlanta from there. So yeah, communications and media management. Mm-hmm. And then my second degree was in audio engineering. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and after you got that, I know you had a full-time job at, at a company where we had met, you know, when I was trying to do some work yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of financing. So tell us a little bit about that and, you know. Yeah. So the, the company that I was with before uh, my latest venture uh, was a company I actually started with in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, when I started with a company, uh, I went in there not expecting to do anything. I was just like, hey, is this a warehouse position? And you know what I mean? I'll take it. And I was working two jobs. I've always had like multiple jobs. So in college, I had two jobs while I was working in undergrad or while I was going to undergrad. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knew that if you asked me to go out or go to do something, I was going to say no because I had work to do. Okay. And people would always ask me, well, why do you do all those jobs? And I was like, so I don't have to do them later. Okay. So I was willing to sacrifice whatever I needed to sacrifice to do what I wanted to do later. And so that segue, you know what I mean, from that time on. And then the job that I was with, they moved me to, they promoted me to Dallas. And, you know, I was in Atlanta. I was loving Atlanta. And they were like, well, how about an opportunity in Dallas? And if anybody's from the East Coast, you know, we don't necessarily regard Texas as the best place to want to move to. But it was an opportunity that presented itself. I asked my, you know, my four constituents and I made that jump, moved to Dallas. And then that's how I got to Austin. I got promoted again and moved to Austin. 
Mr. Kobler, it's, it's a couple of couple yeah. things that I heard in there. Like I, I was just telling Andrew before, like I'm 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 in the stories. I'm I'm in the testimonies and hearing the uh, people come from success and and go through their. Uh, if need be, we may say uh, trials and tribulations of success. There's mm-hmm. one thing I always tell my son what you said. It's either work now, work hard now, or you're going to work hard later, but you're going to work hard. <laughs> and, I, and, and I heard you, I heard you say that like, hey, that's why I work three jobs. I want to talk a little bit about um, your transition from uh, the studio to what you do now, because a lot of people may not understand that transition. And, and that's something Andrew knows me personally. I went through it as well because uh, I, I was at a full time uh, gig on, on radio and I decided to transition. Mm-hmm. But some people may not understand because they'd be like, oh, that's the dream job. That's the dream job. Why is it that you transition? Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. So I absolutely love music. Music moves me when I create music. I get, I get emotional. It taps my soul. And so that was a great opportunity, right? And so I was, like I said, I was working in a major studio with a lot of artists. But when you do that and as you're building that career, you don't make a lot of money until you get to a certain level, as with most things. And so when I was going through that process, artists don't work normal hours. They work at night, exactly. you know what I mean? They work whenever. So I, in order to keep that job, I had to stay with my folks, even though I had finished school. Mm-hmm. And that coming in and out of the house at three in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning, even though I was doing absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. was not gonna cut it. And so my parents were like, hey, you gotta move it to your own place, which I was okay with. But I understood that if I had to move in my own place, I had to get another job. And when I had to get another job, what that did was that reduced my availability for the studio. And the moment you say no, when asked if you can work a session, yeah, you're not going to be working a lot of sessions after that. <laughs> so long story short, I had to say no because I had to pay my mortgage, yeah. pay my rent. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and made the sacrifice. And I knew as soon as that decision was made, I was like, oh, this is not going to last much longer. And it didn't. And my second thought was, if I'm not working in a recording studio and working with artists and music, I'm not going to live in Miami mm-hmm. because I just didn't want to live there. Uh, and so I left. And that was the reason I left. So I transitioned. And then even at that time, um, I was in a space of unknown. And I think that's extremely important because the unknown is a good space to be in. Mm-hmm. When you sit still in the unknown, it allows you to get direction and clarity. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of times where we're in the seeking mindset where we feel like we always need to seek something and do something. And that is a construct of where we live. And that is not always true. There are times when you need to sit still and allow what is supposed to come to you to come to you. So in that space, I was in the space of unknown. Like, I wasn't knowing, I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And it just so happened that I transferred my job working at Sam's Club and somebody at Sam's Club was like, hey, my brother just fired everybody at this job. Do you want to work there? And I would ask the guy, I said, what are the hours? And he said, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. I was like, those are the best hours ever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll take it. So I was working at night and then I would leave work at night and then go to work in the morning from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And so I did that for a period of time to make sure that I could do the, make sacrifice for the things I needed to pay for, i.e. rent, mortgage, et cetera. And so that's when I transitioned into, into, ironically, was a, a field that aligned perfectly with my first degree of communications, because it was telecommunication. Mm-hmm. And so we did that, and then I just outworked everybody. So I can learn fast, I learn quick, that's a testament to the genes that were passed down to me, I'm not gonna take any credit for it, you know what I mean? From my mother to my, you know my father, whatever I passed down to me, so my aptitude level to pick things up quickly is, is good. And people saw that, and saw I was motivated to work, and they kept pushing me forward. 
said, like, hey, what do you think about this next job? I was like, I, I can do anything. And then they pushed me into that position. And then they pushed me into another position. And so for the first five years of working in that company, I got promoted every single year. And so it was like the fastest that anybody had ever been promoted and from a level that no one had been promoted from, meaning the position that I was in. And then once I, once I was in Dallas and I had moved to, long story short, rearrange and fix something that was extremely profitable and had gone down the tube, uh, that was my goal. They were like, I need, we need to go out there and fix it. And that's exactly what we did. We changed the culture and the dynamic of what was going on there. And we fixed it, and it become it became profitable. That region became profitable, so it became the number one um, profiting region in the company. And from that point, they were like, "Well, since you've done that, can you go do this same thing in another location as a director of operations?" And I was like, "Absolutely." And so I was moved. And the good thing along that way, as we talk about various things, along that whole way, I had sponsors and people who were always willing to help. And I think that's because I, there was always a level of vulnerability mm-hmm. and it was from my part to say what I do or do not know mm-hmm. and always clarity on telling people I want to do more. Mm-hmm. How can I do more? Mm-hmm. And always asking for feedback to say, hey, where can I improve? Where do you see me? Mm-hmm. Where can I get better at? So that was that journey. Well, you know, I, 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 there's a couple of things that you've mentioned in your story, which I think I want to draw out into our audience so they can understand. You mentioned something that really resonates to me, which I do, you know, religiously. Sit still and let it come to you. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you can get into this mode of worry and worry and you're thinking all about solution, solution, solution. But you're not sitting still and let the solutions come to you in your thought process. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I think mm-hmm. people don't practice. You know, Some people call it meditation. Some people call it quiet time. But I think it's very, very important for you. You know, life is so vast where if you don't sit still and say, okay, wait, what am I really doing? Should I be doing this? And I think that's something that, you know, I think you really kind of said that blessed me a lot today. The other thing that you said was that you outwork everybody. I mean, there's no way you can get to a position where you want to be at in life without putting in the work. And it's not just, oh, let me go to work from nine to five. No, you, when you when you outwork everybody, that means you're not thinking about the clock. You're trying to like outwork everybody for real. Isn't that the case? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and even as you said that, I think one thing that's extremely important to that statement is outwork everybody doesn't always mean that you are just gonna you have to put your hands on something all the time. Mm-hmm. Outwork everybody means you have a willingness and a desire to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. And that's what that is. Because if you have a desire to grow and learn, everybody's always like, oh, chase money, or go after the money. Nope. Go after growth and learning because if you go after those things, you begin to provide more value. As you provide more value, people want you to do more things or they want to give you more money because you've made yourself an important part of the team. So chasing growth and learning is how you outwork people. It's like a willingness to learn something you're doing. You're doing something consistent, you're like, I got that. 
I need to learn something else. Hey, can I learn something else? Sure. Teach it to me, or I'll go read a book, or I'll do everything. So I, I just want to make sure to, to emphasize that outworking people could just be being creative. Mr. It could be being intuitive. Mr. It could be mean being innovative. Mr. Cobler. You know I mean? It doesn't mean that I just do paperwork more. Yes, sir. Didn't it? No, no, no. It's, it's, hey, I love the energy that we're giving this morning because there's people DMing us right now and emailing us right now. And they're, they're saying that they love your story. What is it that you can tell somebody right now, like I said, getting off work, making that $15, 16 17 or whatnot, getting off work right now or somebody going to work right now? What inspiration can you give them? This is what we try to bring from the Tie and Hoodie show. What inspiration can you give yeah. them and tell them that there's light at the end of the tunnel? So, great question. So I think the, the main thing that, that, and this is this can be a privileged point of view, but I think a lot of times we get in a mode and we're set in a viewpoint and we stay within that viewpoint. And what I would encourage everybody to do is when in doubt, break something. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that when I say break something is get out of the comfortability or the construct of the lane that you're in. Mm-hmm. If that means go hanging out with a new group of people, go do it. Mm-hmm. If that means doing something that you've never done before, go do it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because as you grow and get more and more experiences in your life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you feed it one thing, it only knows one thing. Mm-hmm. If you feed it many things, it's like, what else is there? There's more stuff? Can, I, can you feed me some more? And the hunger gets crazy. I say all that to say, a lot of times, your reality is most certainly your perspective. Mm-hmm. You could be in survival mode. You can be in a different mode. But whatever you see is what you create. And that's a dynamic that can be difficult to, to move within. But whatever you see, you create. So that essentially means you can create everything, anything. And let me, let me touch on that, and then I'll pass it back to you. When you have a thought that is outside of the construct of your normal thoughts, your brain literally creates a new neural pathway mm-hmm. and begins to fire differently, which then has a physiological impact on your body, which changes you immediately. Mm-hmm. So when we say your thoughts cause change, they most certainly do. And the, when we have a habit of doing something consistently, we're firing the same way and it becomes like mundane. Mm-hmm. You're not learning anything because your brain gets used to firing in a certain way. The moment you shift that thought just a little bit and you begin to believe that thing, whatever it is, then your body literally changes. And that's the thing. You have to believe it and believing it. And that can be difficult. You know what I mean? It can be difficult. But a lot of times, as Andrew stated, a lot of times we get anxiety because we're not sitting still and we're projecting the future. But when you're present in the moment, Mm -hmm. Right in a moment, not thinking about what's in the future and not thinking about what's in the past and appreciating the things that are in front of you right now and realizing that the future is the present. Because when you wake up tomorrow, it'll be today. Mm-hmm. And when you wake up the next day, it'll be today. And when you wake up that third day, it's going to be today. So anything you think you can do, you're already doing it. You just have to get your mindset that you are already doing it and believe and have that feeling and let that thing soak into your body and you'd be amazed at where you go because everybody on your every, I, I promise you almost everybody that listens to you and you two gentlemen at some point in time said I'm going to do something and because you had so much conviction it worked out whatever it was whether that was riding a bike that's getting on a skateboard uh, <laughs> whether that was getting a new job uh, the thing is sometimes when we expect it to happen it's not when it actually happens and sometimes we lose steam but if you stay true it's going down so so let, let's talk about this word called 
you know, we've talked about mindset. We've talked about goal setting. We've talked about outworking people. We've talked about hustling. You know, um, how can I do more? But getting to a situation or getting to a goal, let's talk about patience. Tell us about how, how yeah. much patience have you had to endure to go from where you were to where you are now? And, and I, I want I want to make that really kind of short, but at the same time, we want to still also jump into where you going. Also, yeah. So I think patience is once again it can't be seen. I think patience a lot of times is seen as um, like a flaw mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. Uh, when dealing with. Uh, so what are you about to do? And you're like uh, similar to what we said earlier. I'm just gonna sit still. It's being able to be centered enough to have the patience to know that what is coming to you is coming to you. So for instance, as we segue to the next thing, when I lost my job, everybody's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. And I even talked to you, Andrew. I was like, you know, because we were talking about refinancing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure. I think I'm going to sit still. Well, that sit still ended up being eight months. Eight months. So what you, so, so when did you lose, when, give us specifics. When did you, lo- about how much were you making and when did you lose your job? So I was probably making about one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars a year. Okay. I lost my job in December. Okay. I didn't get a new job until about a month ago. Okay. And so during that time, as I sat still, a lot of people were like, "What are you going to do?" And I was like, "I'm going to sit still, mm-hmm. and whatever's supposed to come will come." And so that's where the patience lies in. Mm-hmm. Because if I start, if I began to go into the seeking mindset, like I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get, because of fear. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't get this thing, this thing's going to happen, and then it's going to cause this. Mm-hmm. Then I'm not moving in a space that is allotted me to be, to flourish the most, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I sat still. And people would say, you know, your network, you, you probably get a job, and everybody knows you're in Austin. You get a job in two seconds. I was one of those who was even trying to offer you a job. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm, I'm sitting still. I'm like, what is this man talking about? You know, you, you have so much, you have so much knowledge. I mean, you could be doing something, but you sat still for eight months because eight you, months. because yeah. you were waiting, you know, for, for the right opportunity to show up. You know, is, is that kind of what yeah. you're saying, right? That is accurate. And it's just, once again, it's, it's allowing as opposed to seeking. Look, M- Mr. Co- allowing. Mr. Cobbler, I'm, I'm sitting here looking. I, I, everybody knows I talk a lot. I'm sitting here listening because he didn't take us to church early on a, on a Sunday morning. I'm trying to hear, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to hear where we going. What, what, what is it that your next plan or your next steps? I'm trying to hear it. I'm taking notes, brother. Keep it going. Absolutely. So I think one thing that I, I always had a baseline for was community. And community has always been important to me because it's always been something that's nurtured me. Mm-hmm. So what I've noticed is, you know, as you do things in life, uh, the first thing you have to do is take care of yourself. Because, and the reason why I say that is because when you take care of yourself and you invest in yourself, you are essentially investing in others. Mm-hmm. We are all connected. Though we like to think that we're not, we are. And the only way that I can make a true investment in you is if I make a true investment in myself. The reason I say that is because that also leads to a avenue to continue to be selfless and serve others because if you're serving others and you can see yourself in others once again you're serving yourself because mm-hmm. we're all connected mm-hmm. so having that mindset as I was sitting for the eight months I had already been plotting on some things that I looked at in terms of opportunity zones and I saw them and I was like this is an opportunity for African Americans to pull wealth to impact 
uh, areas in every city that traditionally have not been invested in. And that might be a way for us to change the dynamic of home ownership and equity building. Mm -hmm. So, of course, for like eight months prior to that, I was already doing my research. But when I lost my job, I was like, yeah, it's about that time. I had already set everything up to be to pay for incorporation, but I just hadn't done it yet. As soon as I lost my job, I was like, yeah, time to pay for incorporation, even though I didn't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. So I did. And in that time, I continued to do my research and began to set up the idea of the company that I currently have, which is called Break the Box. Mm-hmm. And long story short, what Break the Box is, is an opportunity zone fund meant for young minority professionals who've had systematic and psychological barriers to entry uh, we're easing the pathway into equity building and home ownership because ultimately we want everybody to be able to participate in a wealth ecosystem. And so that's what I created. And in this time, during this eight months, it was just refining the idea and hashing out the idea. Like, how can I help more people? How many people do I need to help in order for it to have an impact in Austin? And if I can have an impact in Austin, can I have an impact in another city? Well, if I do it well here, how can I make this work for everybody? doing customer discovery, having phone calls with people to get an understanding and make sure my assumptions align with what I, what they were saying is what's the issue and getting that type of alignment. And then that segued into putting a, put a, you know, putting the company into a social innovation incubator, which I didn't know if we were going to make it or not, but we did. And so that provided another res- a set of resources and tools to make sure that the business idea was refined. And ironically, even now, we're about to get out of that incubator. I've already had other people not only offer, ask me to go into other incubators that are quote-unquote step-ups, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. but I've had people offer me money already. And I'm like, no, uh, because I want to make sure that everything's sound, that structure is sound, because ultimately this is about helping my community grow. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if I help my community grow, everybody wins we gotta get out of this thought that everybody can't win Mm -hmm. and that's a perspective and that's a lack of abundance but that's also capitalism because capitalism is a scarcity model Mm -hmm. but our culture our african culture oh it's all about community Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so how do we when we were here and segregated we were all about community we had no choice so that family structure, when that broke down and we, we, we moved away from one another, the connectivity was lost. Mm-hmm. I can't give you a cup of sugar now. You live 50 miles away from me. I can't watch your kids now. You live 20 miles down the street. Mm-hmm. So how do you bring that community back? And how do you structure in a manner that allows everybody to benefit and not just one group of people? So that's where I'm at now. So, so tell us, what's the name of your organization and what, what are you, I mean, how can people connect with you? You know, I mean, we know you're talking to us from all the way from Texas and we're here in Southern California. Uh-huh. How can we find yeah. you online? How can people connect or how can we participate in what you're doing? Absolutely. So right now, uh, we are finalizing the website. Uh, I just finished writing a white, a white paper so that people can get a true understanding of the steps that we're taking in order to execute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can contact me. So the name of my company is called Break the Box. And break, that's the premise. Like, break, break the I, box, I, I right? never like being put in a break the box. Okay. And the reason why it's called Break the Box is because I'm not a fan of being placed in a construct of thought that mm-hmm. you have. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. How I want to do it because I can, because I think so. Mm-hmm. So that means breaking the mold mm-hmm. and thus breaking the box. If you guys want to contact me that you, right now, because our website is being formulated as we speak, uh, you can contact me on LinkedIn. So it's Cobla Today. And if you search me on LinkedIn, there's not a lot of Cobla Today. So you should find me very easily. And that also has uh, a couple of posts that talk about the incubator that we're in. And then I also have a post underneath that that asks people who want to go through an interview with us for a customer discovery interview. 
to give their feedback and thoughts for people who are renting that are thinking about home buyers or even home buyers that have gone through the process. And that's a part of our customer discovery phase to ensure that everything that we think is going to work is actually going to work. So those are actually on my page currently. So I would definitely funnel people to LinkedIn. And from there, I will post the website and the white paper and all of that good stuff um, as soon as we get that up. Mr. Kobler. I want to. I want to. I want to yes. personally thank you for you. You know, calling in all the way from Texas to talk to these LA listeners and listeners around the world, and blessing us and giving us the opportunity to hear your story. That is an amazing story because of your testimony of what you've been through and what you've overcame and what you now are. So I, I just want to personally thank you, man, and uh, and I'm glad that I I have a chance to be a part of a show where we can share testimonies from brothers like you. You know, and let and let people know that there is, you know, there there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a chance for a change. And 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 the overall thing that I don't know if everybody caught it. Always lo- learned the slogan growing up and and through corporate offices, and it was saying, "Speak it into an existence." You have to believe, mm-hmm. speak it into an existence, man. I'm just, I'm glad that you had a chance to, you know, hang out with us this morning. I want to talk to our listeners. If you just caught the tail end of this, you, it, this is a show you must hear again over and over until you decide to get your mind right. You can go to tieandhoodieshow.com. The tieandhoodieshow.com. All our social media is on there. This show and every show is sponsored by ICCLending.com. Uh, Andrew, give us some words before we get out of here. Uh, you know, uh, as usual, you know, all of our guests, you know, Mr. Kobla Tete. I mean, in case people are wondering, you know, I just want to make sure I'm spelling your name right. K O B L A T E T E Y, right? That is correct, sir. Correct. So, so we're gonna we're gonna you know link you up on our website. We're gonna connect to your LinkedIn profile so people can connect with you and you know hopefully in the next couple months we'll like to have you know we'll like to bring you back on and hear more about what you're saying and i think you know with your organization break the box you know i think it's important for people to understand that don't sit still don't let a label be put on you i mean in my case i'm all the way from nigeria and i'm here trying to do the best i can and and that's why we're bringing you all of these other people to let you know that you know, as brothers and sisters, as minorities, we can always go a step above, you know, what people think we can accomplish. I mean, the, the sky is the limit, right? So, Mr. Kobler, thank you so much for coming in. Um, any last words you want to say before we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. First thing I want to say is thank you, gentlemen, for, for even speaking to me and giving me the opportunity um, to speak and allowing me this time with you two gentlemen. So I'm extremely gracious and appreciative and thankful for that. And secondly, uh, the one thing that I wanted to say just to close out is I think as we, if we begin to see others or see ourselves in others, um, the sky's the limit. Not as a different person, not as somebody that's separate, but see yourself and every other individual that you meet and, and you're in contact with. And if you take that brief moment to see yourself in that person, the level of empathy and the level of communication, connectivity, et cetera, it begins to build and grow, and then we truly do become a community. Man, thank you once again, Mr. Kobler. We'll have our people reach out to you and uh, get you back on once again. K-Day community, K-Day listeners, K-Day everybody, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you for checking us out. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, do you have valuable information that can help your community? Okay. And you'd like to be a guest? Uh, Hit us on our social media. Do it now. 
The Tie and Hoodie Show is sponsored by ICCLending.com. For real estate service, please go to ICCLending.com.